So, you or me? Well, did you do it last time? I did. But, you did. But I owe you a few, so it's <laughs> up to you. If you want to take it, you can. I got it. Hey guys, welcome to the Sip It and Rip It podcast. I'm Zach, he's Nathan. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at, at Sip It and Rip It and at Nathan Skedios. This is all correct and I have nothing to add. <laughs> That's wrong, I have something to add. Rate us five stars on Spotify, please. Yeah, absolutely, we need that. Please, you know, I think it's mostly our friends listening right now, but please go rate us five stars on on Spotify so other people will listen to us too. Yeah, if you consider us friends. We you... all love, we love all five of you. <laughs> <laughs> we get we get like 10, 12. It just depends. You know, we started with like 60 and it was super cool. Out the gate we were yeah. we were real hot. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, cool, we're going to listen to your podcast." I think we just do it for our own I don't know why we're doing it at this point, but it's fucking fun to be honest with you. Yeah, it's fun and then like, you know, they say a lot of podcasts never make it past the first episode. Even fewer the second, and then yeah. the third, and it just keeps like I think it was when you get past, is either like ten or fifteen episodes, you're in like the top percent of podcasts. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't see, see a reason in quitting just because I enjoy doing it. Yeah, so. that's uh, when I did YouTube. I never got far in it, but I built a skill and I had fun doing it. So like, and that translated to eventually helping Elizabeth out with her video. So that was like, kind of like, oh man, that's... It, it happens for a reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, what are we drinking? Do you know? Do you know? Uh, trim tab peach for me. Uh, yeah, that Bellini blend that we had last time, right? Yeah, because I tried some of your bullshit and it was trash. Oh yeah, so we had, it's hot wire brewing. We had a, to pregame, we had a um, cherry tart, cinnamon, cayenne pepper, vanilla sour. <laughs> Which sounds like a ton and it tasted like beer flavored water. <laughs> it was so fucking disappointing. Um, it was trash. And now he's drinking the trim tab that we mentioned before. I think it's called Bellini. But so it's basically, you know, like peach and like Sauvignon uh, Blanc grapes, I think. So it, it tastes like the Bellini cocktail. That's what it's supposed to oh. taste like. But um, and then I'm drinking a, an Alabama staple. It's probably, in my opinion, it's Alabama's best beer. It's uh, Good People Snake Handler. It's a double IPA. It was a little too beery of a beer for Nathan, who's not a beer drinker. Uh, we're just doing this to buy time while I'm in meat prep, like I said, because I'm trying not to drink liquor. So yeah. we'll get back to liquor in a couple of weeks. But yeah. um, I like it a lot. Nathan hated it. <laughs> um, for anybody that doesn't know, if you're not sure about IPAs or double IPAs, they're a lot more enjoyable the first time with food. I highly suggest like pizza or something like fatty and savory, if that makes sense with it. Um, but just drinking it like this, it can be rough on a new beer drinker for the record. It, it was, uh, it was like eating a forest. It's very piney. Yeah. Very piney, very citrusy. Sometimes this one, this one's more piney than citrusy. Uh, and they're very dry. So if you don't like dry wine and stuff like that, you may not like a double IPA. It so. smelled like a car air freshener. It does. Like the pine, like wood. The, the, pine <laughs> wood little trees. That's what it smelled like. <laughs> It uh, is what it is. But uh, Good People Brewing, even if you don't like this one, you need to check them out. They're out of Birmingham. Uh, they own Avondale. Um, and they're right down there in the heart of Birmingham, right across from Regions Park. So it's a cool place to go hang out, too. So go check out Good People Brewing. Even though I don't like it, I would accept a sponsorship from them. So. <laughs> you probably should th say nicer things. I, I tell you what, they have one. Uh, Good People Muchacho is a uh, Mexican lager they do. Yeah. Um, that'd be a good middle-of-the-road beer. Very, very light, very carbonated. And then they do have some dark. Uh, I know Avondale has the uh, um, vanilla font, which is a uh, vanilla porter. Yeah. A very dark beer, but it is very smooth and very tasty. And I got a feeling, I don't think you would turn it down. It tastes more like something from Starbucks than it does like a beer. So I could, I, I'd give it a try. It, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, Thank for sure. So, and that's under the good people blanket. So you could smell right. them. Yeah, that for way. sure. <laughs> like, so I don't like this one, but. Yeah, that's yeah. the tricky thing about beers. Yeah. There's a lot of They say there's choices. one for everybody. Yeah. I have my own opinion about how you acquire the one, that, <laughs> the one that's for you, you that can, we discussed before. You, you could tell that story. Yeah, so uh, I find it in my own personal life, I never liked beer. And I got real trashed one night when I was a much worse person than I am now on some, like, natural lot. And, uh, you know, ended up puking it all up. 
And then I'm not going to lie to you, every beer I had after Puking Up Natural Light tasted great. <laughs> <laughs> so my suggestion is if you don't like beer now, just get really fucked up on beer you definitely don't like, and every other beer after that tastes a little better. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, it sounds like it's only margin, like it could be only marginally better. I don't know about the the ratios of what worth at that point. It probably depends on your level of alcoholism, <laughs> which at the time for me was pretty fucking high. Fair, fair. So it is what it is. So uh, you had a pretty good day at the gym. I did. I had uh, triples on bench press uh, yesterday. I went, uh, had a range of 325 to 365. I went uh, 335, 345, and then uh, honestly, 345 kind of moved like shit. Yeah. But uh, the third rep, it was one of those weird sets where the third rep moved much better than the second rep did. Yeah. Um, and I was, I've been taking like prednisone for my elbows. Uh, if you've ever taken like, uh, anti-inflammatory steroid they get you fucking hopped <laughs> like big time yeah. like they, they, you know that's like pre-workout times 10 so i was like you know half like fucking furious and just half like fucking super motivated mm -hmm. and i was like fuck it we're loading it Might have and well. uh it was it was actually the low probably the lowest rated rpe of the three sets i've done yeah at the heaviest weight so uh, and truthfully it could have been that your body was just primed at that point. Like yeah, you know, with me having an injury, it takes a long time to warm up. So honestly, it probably took me that long before I was technically warm. Right. Uh, also, um, I don't like taking handoffs traditionally, but with me and you at this new gym, uh, they have a very low bench rack, and yeah. I normally like to unrack from really high. Um, so as it turns out, that's actually what's caused my elbow pain, is racking from uh, a really low position. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've started taking handoffs, and that completely eliminated, uh, other than some pain post-workout. Yeah. It eliminated all my intra workout pain. Yeah. So I think now come meet day, I'll be 100% healthy for bench press. And I didn't realize how much that was holding me back because it appears right now that it was uh, 15 or 20 pound swing in my, in my three rep max. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, that's a big swing on your one rep, but that's a huge swing on your three rep max. Yeah, so that translates um, to a lot more on your Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So, yeah, I can't bitch about that. I actually had a strong week in general. Uh, Y'all know I'm a weak squatter by now, but I squatted 465 for two for uh, a new PR. It was probably an RPE. Uh, it's probably a tighter RPE. It's probably eight and a half or a nine. Uh, yeah. It definitely wasn't a 10. Um, but uh, I definitely had plenty of room in the tank for for more on that one. And then uh, bench uh, deadlift, I'm actually coming up on my biggest deadlift day of the, of the whole prep. So it was light-ish, but it was three sets of three at 500, and they went they went well. So. Yeah. Um, it's more kind of maintenance work, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, nevertheless, I had a good good week in the gym. What did you do last last workout day? Not shit, because I my I pushed myself too hard without going into a deload. So this week I went to do my my I think it was my deadlift day, and everything just felt awful. And I did like half the reps at the weight I was supposed to do, or the weight I did the week prior actually, and I was like. Yeah, I need to deload. So I just kind of like didn't, I just didn't do much. I think I, I only went three days this week. I just kind of like focused on. You were due for it though. Yeah, I, I hadn't, I hadn't taken into consideration basically the week prior, how I, or the past two weeks really, I'd be, do, I'd been doing a lot of singles and stuff. And that was probably a little more taxing on my body than I really had intended for it to be. So. I went back to the draw. I was like, I'm going to deload. I'm going to go back to the drawing board now. Uh, like we talked about this this week, I've got a progression plan for the next four or six months. Right. Um, the workouts may change a little bit, but I'm going to be working strictly on eights on all of my barbell movements except for my uh, variation movements. And uh, it'll be the first time going back to uh, uh, low bar back squatting in like two months enjoy that with your shoulders and elbows for the first couple of yeah. weeks but i mean you'll get adapted really quick it's like riding a bike you know ron yeah. had me high bar for the majority of this prep i went weeks without squatting low bar mm -hmm. and the only thing it did was make me better yeah that's so, what i'm hoping for that's a that's a chad wesley smith uh tactic yeah um, i mean he's a he's a smart man both of us pull a lot from juggernaut and rp mm -hmm. i think it's our biggest two inspirations yep. so uh collectively i think mm -hmm. um we definitely draw from a couple other people, but those two are definitely our biggest. Yeah, for sure, so. for sure. But it makes sense, man. I mean, 
you've been hard and heavy just doing fun gym stuff, but it's still mm -hmm. a hard workout. Yeah. And also people underrate how much, how fatiguing volume is. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, but scientifically volume is the biggest driver of fatigue, not, not absolute load. So, yeah. um, you know, fucking these bodybuilding off season programs, while it's more comfortable during you accumulate more fatigue quicker. Yeah. So, I mean, it just kind of is what it is, but, yeah. uh, good shit. And, uh, you're, you're kind of utilizing, uh, a top set and then drop sets from, for this program. Too, yeah. Right? Yeah. So. so my top set's going to be the number that I have to hit for the week. And then my drop sets are going to be 10% as what we kind of agreed on. I, I had set, had like a strict number of like 20 pounds. Cause I had just thrown a number out there and we talked about it a little bit and you're like, maybe you should make that a percentage. Cause it's 20 pounds. is not going to be that big of a swing, especially when it comes to deadlift. Yeah. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Better to have something that's uh, a little more manageable. For so. sure. Especially for volume work. And what we're talking about specifically is like, he had given his drop sets like 20 pounds off of his top working set, yeah. basically. But the the issue I saw in it as a coach, and, and me and him talked about it. It's not like I just made an executive decision or anything. But, like, the problem is when you're Nathan's strength level, who has, you know, what, 1,600-plus pound total now. Yeah. Um, when you have a 1,600-plus pound total, you know, he's a tremendous deadlifter. He's got a decent squat now, and he's a tremendous bench presser. So 20 pounds – for most of his lifts is less than 5%. Yeah. And honestly, on any given day, in terms of CNS fatigue, your body's not going to be able to tell a difference between 515 and 495. Yeah. Um, so like when you're managing, when you're trying to manage CNS fatigue, uh, you need to give yourself, uh, I have a preference for working off a percentage for that drop set. And the reason being um, is because it's going to, it's going to be more true to, to everybody, I guess. Does that make yeah. sense? Cause like, 20 pounds is not 20 pounds for everybody. 20 pounds, honestly, for me and you, 20 pounds doesn't really feel that much different. Yeah. Uh, for a beginner, 20 pounds is a huge fucking jump. Right? Yeah. I mean, but if you give a percentage, 10% is 10% to everybody. Right. So, you know, that's, I guess that's my, that was my argument for managing your, your CNS mm -hmm. that way. And that, and that works. And we'll get into a little bit more of that in this discussion because, um, we're going to be talking about cues today. Um, but, uh, and some of that will come into play. But uh, the first or last order of business before we do that is uh, PR songs. Yep. And I've got two. I, I, I wrote them down so that I could remember. Um, so first one I'm going to do is uh, Love Me to Death by Suicide Silence. If you haven't heard any of their newer stuff, it's actually really good. Like I was a big fan of like No Time to Bleed and some of the, some of their older stuff. And then they're middle of the, like somewhere in between all that i was kind of like yeah they're not that great anymore their newer stuff is sick like yeah I it's, like the newer stuff too. it's very much very much like deathcore stuff but if, you, if you're into deathcore like i am like it's it's really yeah i mean uh, people get irritated with me but i didn't really i don't know i'm the biggest fan of like mitch luker era stuff which yeah. you know may he rest in peace he was yeah. a talented dude but um, I, I think I'd like no time to bleed and like you only live once and shit mm -hmm. like that. Like that shit was cool. Um, they also covered, I don't know if you remember, they covered the Deftones engine number nine too. I don't think I heard kind it. Of, it's kind of a dope cover because it's a new metal song and they, mm -hmm. you know, they cover it. And I'm a big Deftones fan, but yeah, they do a good cover engine number nine. So yeah, it's cool. It What's the second one? Uh, this is a pretty, pretty big throwback. And I think anyone who grew up in like, early 2000s would appreciate uh this darkened heart by all that remains you've been huge. on the all that remains man I, i've been a huge fan of all that remains since since this darkened heart since the, i heard that album i was like man these guys are good and it's really like it's really pick and choose you know as they progress like i really like this darkened heart fall of ideals was good but it was a little pick and choosy for me it wasn't it, it's not like the end of heartache where you can just listen to it all the way through it's a little pick and choosy and the fur the further along they go the more and more i'm picky about their songs but right. like the stuff that i like by them i really like yeah they're, i mean they're they're talented dudes and it's hard not to like uh phil um phil's a about as red-blooded of american as you can <laughs> yeah, he, that dude's a fucking man and a half like he's a fucking cool dude like you know for sure so i mean it's hard not to love him <laughs> I, I can i can actually tell you a story about uh uh, our friend uh, Baphomet Lifter six six six. So he actually, before all that remains was big, he was in a band. I can't remember what band he said, 
at a show with them. And they thought, because apparently everybody around hated Phil, just hated him. Because he was like just a really cocky dude. So he would always have his shirt off on stage. Yeah, he was pretty fit for the metal crowd yeah. back in the day. So he wanted to show it off for the girls, I guess. But uh, so they they all got together and like, we're going to get some, it was either like glue or honey or something, some feathers and just dump it on them. My uh, tarred feathered Phil Labonte? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember if they actually did or if he got wind of it and like, it that never actually happened, but I know he said they talked about it, and I think that's really funny. That is pretty funny. I wouldn't have thought that guy was a dick, to be honest with you, but I mean, like... like I could see it. I, I feel like probably in the early days, he was a little more, like, cocky than he uh, is I, now. I, I mean, you, you're you allowed to change as a person, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. You're allowed to get better, so... And I think probably, like, getting married and having kids probably made a difference. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it probably did. I mean... I don't feel like, you know, when I look at other metal bands, I don't really see, like, I don't necessarily see members of metal bands as celebrities. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're not, it's not like they're selling Diamond. It's not like it's like yeah. Gaga or something. And honestly, I don't really get, I'm not one of those people who get a hard on for celebrities anyway. Like, for me, they're just people I actually feel more sorry for them most of the time than I do. Yeah anything because of the shit they have to do with. But definitely, like, people in metal bands, like, I love them and I respect them and I may worship them as musicians because they're fucking talented. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd probably shit my pants if I met, like, Alex Webster or Cannibal Corpse or right. something. You know, yeah. what I mean? you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, for the most part, like, I don't really, I don't really have the same view of, like, somebody that sings in a metal band as I do, like, fucking, I don't know, like, an, like an athlete or something, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It just, you know, if I met Barry Sanders, the old, old running back, you know, mm -hmm. I'd probably shit my pants over that. Yeah. I don't like have the same feeling about, yeah, like metal musicians for the most. No, part, that's so. fair. It's they're <clears throat> probably a lot more approachable, I guess. So, so I just kind of wonder where the ego comes from to some extent, because <laughs> I mean, it's not like they, I mean, they don't play in front of small crowds, but they're not playing like fucking stadium shows. Yeah, unless you're Metallica or Megadeth or maybe like Lamb of God or Slipknot, you're probably not pay, playing for more than a thousand, two thousand people a night. Slayer right? had. Slayer, yeah, you know, I mean, we can sit here and talk about bands like yeah. that, but but you know what I'm saying, yeah, though, the like, general like, yeah, you, know, you have the big four and then some maybe newer bands that like kind of that, you know, have transcended the yeah. genre, but for the most part, like, you're probably not going to see you know sixty thousand people at a Cannibal Corpse show, right? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at, but that's funny. So all that all that remains, and then uh, and then uh, Suicide Silence. Suicide Silence. Silence. Yeah. So, that's dope. So. uh I'm going to bring up a band I bring up a lot, but I was kind of unprepared a little bit today for this. But uh, but also, it came on last night on my way home from bench pressing, and it just pumps me the fuck up. Uh, but the Acacia Strains, uh, Dust in the Helix. Yeah. Song rips. It's only about two and a half minutes long, but there's a uh, there's a line in it um, that I like a lot that says, uh, don't bury me unless you're sure that I'm dead. And that just yep. fucking rips. I fucking love that line so much. Um, and then uh, I'm going to go with a rap song. I'm going to go with another Notorious B.I.G. song that has uh, Eminem's part was recorded after Biggie's death, but mm -hmm. uh, Dead Wrong by the Notorious B.I.G. is fucking awesome. Yeah. And uh, even though I'm not the biggest Eminem for, uh, fan in the world, his his verse in that song fucking kills. So, um, I'm not, real good fucking song. I'm not like huge on Eminem, but he is one of the few rappers that I do enjoy. Yeah, I, um, and I'm, but I'm very understand. I'm very pick and choosy when it comes to rap. Like I'm a big Mac Miller fan, but I don't really like listening to that stuff. His stuff just isn't real hard, so I don't really listen to it at the gym. In the gym. Yeah. yeah, I can listen to it riding around and stuff. Um, his music means a lot to me, but uh, but I'm not gonna listen to it in the gym. And then, you know, I listen to some other stuff. I like the Mike Jones song that Awesome put on, the still tipping shit like that's cool. Um, hell, I'll even listen to like some Kevin Gates and shit, but like dead wrong though. Biggie is where it's at for me in the gym. I'll, I will listen to some Wu Tangers and stuff, but when it comes to rap in the gym, Biggie's kind of the shit in my opinion. So. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> All right. So we got a, got an interesting topic and we're, I guess this is almost going to be like part one of a three part. Yeah. So we're taking care of squats today. Yeah. So we're going to talk about squat cues and kind of get. Give got everyone a general idea of like what we look for in a squat to optimize it. Um, that being said, you know we typically don't have the best track record on squats. Um, we're we're definitely not squat dominant in our total, but being long legged does make a difference in that. Um, our leverages just aren't as good. 
True. So, That's uh, very true. But but we do know what to look for, and we do know how to yeah, we do kind know of how to guide people and down. Before we start any of this, let's say, too, and, and you already kind of touched on it, uh, no, sco- no two squats are the same. Yeah. Uh, anatomically, we're all a little bit different. Some of us are going to squat better high bar. Some of us are going to squat better low bar. Um, you know, it's just feet placement, width of knees, all that stuff varies so much to person to person. Um, and based on hip mobility and stuff like that. So I'll say that preface this, anything we say today, take it with a grain of salt. Um, and anything, anytime you hear anybody talking about, even professionals talking about, um, certain techniques and stuff, you always need to take that with a grain of salt because certain things aren't, it's not always the best for every individual person. And most of the time in fitness, we talk in generalizations. There's a few general things that is true for absolutely all of us. And then on an individual level, uh, it gets a lot more nuanced. Mm-hmm. So, and it's kind of one of those things, especially with a new person, you just kind of want to guide them. Like you can just give them guidelines, like a base, like do this. And then as you get better, you will notice things are uncomfortable. Things don't move right. Sure. And you adjust from the there. The best thing you can do with a beginner is get them moving and get them moving as technically correct as you can yeah. without overwhelming them with information. Which is very easy to do. Bad coaches overwhelm people with information. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I can say, but it's easy to do, right? Because yeah, you have is. all this knowledge and you can like, I know everything that you're doing wrong and I want to change every single thing, but. Reservation is important as a coach. At the end of the day, if you can fix one thing and it's like, go down a list, like prioritize absolutely. what is the, like, what is the worst thing? Are they absolutely just hunched over the entire time they're squatting? Well, fix that first. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that. And that's, uh, that's something I 100% agree, agree on, but you can also get things done quicker and more technically proficient if you're working on perfecting one cue at a time yeah um one they're not thinking about you know they're not having to think about 10 different things mm-hmm. you can get them well focused on you know in the beginning we want them well focused on uh depth if it's available mm-hmm. um and then uh and you know an upright chest position yeah. preferably that looks different from everybody because that doesn't mean that you can't lean forward what we're talking about is we want you squat with a flat back yeah you know, so this kind of is what it is. So yeah. just just going down the list um, of what we, we kind of prepared. So the first thing you're going to do is walk up to the bar and get your hands on the bar. So your hand placement is important in the sense that it adjusts your center of gravity, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So some people, you'll see some people really wide. I've seen people grab the plates, you know, if, or which is hug which, the plates. Which, by the way, or, is not not legal in powerlifting, for the record. Right. Well, these these are yeah, not powerlifting. Yeah. You know. But you know, you could have a really wide. You know, I've seen people have it right outside the monolith when they have their sure. uh, hand placement, and then you see some of the girls like uh, Heather Connor, Jessica Bettner. They are so far in that their elbows are pushed out. Yeah. Um. And then there's someone like me. I'm somewhere in between. I, I don't have quite good enough shoulder mobility to get it all the way here unless I'm high bar squatting. But if I get it, you know, maybe ring finger pinky on the on the ring, I'm pretty happy with that because it's, it's still got a good, you know, I can still push my elbows forward and stuff and keep yeah. stable. And that's what's important to me. Yeah, you want to be able to create torque on the bar. Um, I'll tell you, for the most part, I, I teach... Uh, um, in general, most people coming in have decent shoulder mobility, believe mm-hmm. it or not. At least side to side they do with yeah. a specific type of shoulder mobility. Uh, I, I teach about the thumb, width, the thumb width away from the neural. Um, that works out for most women. And then for men, I generally start with pinkies on the on the ring. Yeah. Um, and that's also assuming, uh, another important note to note here, this is assuming a, a regular gym bar and not a, not a squat bar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very much... Again, it's very much dependent on the person, but just general, let's get under the bar and teach you how to squat yeah. today. That's, I mean, for men, I'm going pinky on the ring. For when I, women, I'm going thumb width away from the away from the smooth, which yeah. uh, the break of the neural, basically. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I will say this. My preference for people that become more advanced is I want as tight of a grip as your shoulder mobility will allow. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and you are similar in that I'm about – my shoulder mobility is poor right now. Especially in low bar, it's not very good. So for low bar, I'm uh, my bird finger on the ring of a squat bar. Yeah. Um, and that's my preference. So it's basically my pinkies are just inside the rack. So yeah. while it's not super, super wide, it is wider than I would high bar squat with. Yeah. Um, like I said, this is all very, very individual. But for the most part, you want enough that you can pull 
and tuck the bar and be able to still have enough mobility to drive your elbows forward. Mm -hmm. Notice I said we drive our elbows forward, not not, not flare. Yeah, yeah, yeah we want to drive elbows forward. But um, but yeah, that's what we want out of it. Yep. So then we're we're gonna walk it out and we're gonna set up our feet. So this is typically you know. It depends on the style of squat that you're doing because there's so. there's some people who squat really close close together some people have really wide stance i like to be somewhere like not super wide but maybe you know about about shoulder width right yeah. that that's pretty typical is shoulder width for sure uh, i have found with long femured people um and people with poor hip mobility a uh, little tighter stance and a more toe forward position and a little bit more forward lean in a squat tends to be a little bit beneficial to help them with depth. Mm -hmm. If you've ever had to coach somebody with a long femur to put them in a traditional squat stance, which is typically like shoulder width apart, toed out slightly, um, they have too much leg length to get to depth in that position. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll see this a lot with shorter girls will typically have um, a longer femur than they do shins. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not typically too uncommon. Sometimes it happens with men too. Um, like mid height men, I would say people from you know five eight to about you know six one mm -hmm. um, can happen a little bit too. Um, and then you do have some outliers like Sandy has really long femurs, but Sandy's mobility is so good everywhere else she could just about squat with her feet in any position. Right. Um, and I will say this too, uh, you've already touched on this. Um, I have really, despite having a torn labrum, I have really really good hip mobility, so I can squat with my heels together. Mm -hmm. um, in a front squat, I like a very tight, compact, uh, my my heel's very tight and compact and a little bit more outward toe motion. Mm -hmm. um, as I change positions or squat styles, an SSB may be a little bit wider, high bar is going to be very, very similar. Um, and then my widest stance is on my low bar uh, where I, want a, I, I don't have a perfectly toe forward position, but I have a little bit more forward toes and significantly wider knees and a low bar. And that's also to accommodate, uh, we talked about it, mobility is different in a low bar than it is in a high bar. Yeah. So depth for me personally is a little bit harder to achieve in a low bar. Yeah. Um, where in a high bar where my knees are traveling forward a lot, I can bounce off my ankles. Yeah. Like, so I do prefer a wider stance on low bar than anything else. Yeah. So. And it's again, person to person, whatever's most comfortable gets you in the best position is really what for sure. you need to yeah. find. Uh, I will say, if you don't have a coach already, you need to have a fellow powerlifter or a coach assess these things for you. Not because, you know, things are broken or anything like that, but just because um, just an outside of opinion can really help you narrow in on the things that are better for you mobility-wise. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have that, just film yourself. Mm -hmm. right? You'll be able to tell a difference. Um, for a seasoned person. If you're yeah. new, you... The biggest adv word of advice I can give any new person that I didn't take because I was stupid as a kid is I didn't want a coach. You need a coach to kind of, especially if you want to be good at something, get somebody who knows what they're talking about. You need a little guidance. Yeah, yeah. And even even if it's, you know, you know, your local guy at Planet Fitness, he probably knows more than you if you're just starting out. And you can, you if, if you're really invested and you start learning and stuff, you'll learn more than the guy at Planet Fitness. And you're like, well, I need to go somewhere else and find the information. Yeah, you'll advance beyond their knowledge. Yeah, yeah so you sure. just, as as you get better, you have to have better coaches. I agree, yeah, yeah, 100%. And I will say this too, while we're on that note, and then we'll move on. Um, I like a coach that is coached. Yeah. I want a coach that is, you know, trying hard, even if he doesn't have a personal coach, I want a coach that's trying hard to continue their education and, and find, seek out and, and uh, obtain new points of view. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you do happen to shop for a coach, number one on my list is I want a coach that's coached. Yeah. So, you know, consider that. Yeah, definitely. So you got your feet place. Um, typically you want to wedge. Well, actually this, this should have been before feet placement, but wedging into the bar. So when you're up under the bar, you need to wedge into it. Yeah. We were um, talking you, about driving into your upper back. Yeah. So okay. when, when you get up there, you'll see like some guys that'll kind of like wiggle and it kind of looks kind of goofy because they're just like wiggling their upper body. That's them driving that upper back into their bar. Yeah, or absolutely. Into the bar, rather. They're also playing with, uh, because I told you the most ideal grip, regardless of width, is the one that you can keep tightest to you. Mm -hmm. 
Um, they're also playing with that shoulder mobility a little bit, and they're trying to manipulate themselves mm-hmm. inside the tightest shoulder mobility that they can have in that position, yeah. which is exactly what we're talking about. You're essentially wedging yourself on the bar. So, yeah. yeah. So that, that was a pretty easy one to cover. Yeah. So um, there's uh, the, the – when we kind of touched on – well, we didn't touch on this, but we talked about this before we started. Um, when you when you're, you got yourself back, you're, you're standing with the bar – you know, a lot of people will say, you know, put the weight in your heels. Um, but we know that a tripod foot is more optimal. So spreading your feet on the floor um, and just going ahead and point this out for anybody new to squatting or lifting in general. Don't wear Nikes like your basic running shoes. These are not good to squat in. Running shoes are for what? For for what? What are running shoes for? I don't know. I don't run. <laughs> running, running shoes are for running. They're not but, for squatting. Yeah. Get some, anything that's flat. Anything that's flat will be fine. Anything that gets you connection with the floor is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, you can you can squat barefooted if you want to. That's not legal in competition, so bear that in mind. Don't mm. get too used to it. Um, but, yeah, on that note, um, so this is this is a, a point of a lot of bad advice. Um, and I think all of us have been guilty of it. And I think the the group that perpetuates this cue more than anybody is CrossFit. But oftentimes, we teach a squat, weight should be in your heels. And and part of the reason we teach that is we want to get people used to driving their hips back. But that is really, really shitty advice beyond somebody that's squatted for more than about a week. Mm-hmm. When you're literally teaching somebody how to air squat, it's okay advice at best. But I've even seen, as I've gone on, I've even experienced this with new people. They have a really, sometimes you'll teach that to new people and they'll have a, and this is the reason I quit doing it, they'll have a really bad balance issue right away. They yep. want to fall backwards. Well, that's because the weight's not supposed to be in your goddamn heel. <laughs> your weight's supposed to be in your heel, your pinky toe, and in your big toe. You're supposed to use, and we refer to that as a tripod. You heard mm-hmm. Nathan say it. Um, it should be equally distributed through your entire foot. Right. Um Weight in your heels is an incredibly, incredibly damaging cue because it is not true of a single lift we do. It's not true of the deadlift. It's not true of the squat. It's not even true of Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. Um, Olympic lifts are essentially broken down to a jump and a catch. That's basically what you're doing. Nobody jumps. If and you just do it, no, yeah, nobody starts on their heels in a jump and nobody lands on their heels in a jump, right? Like, at best, you're probably going to roll into your toes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what we do in a squat. But, you know, in a jumping position, that's the truth. So at no – what's funny is, like, at no point in fitness uh, – yeah, but, you know, it's bad fitness advice in general because there's nothing we do in fitness that's exclusively in our heels. Yeah. Nothing. Right. Stop listening to your local CrossFit coach. They don't know dick. <laughs> I mean, you can that's, – that's not even a heart t- hot, uh, hot take. I mean – I'll physically fight them. I don't care. Like that's a fucking shitty cue. And I'm telling you, like, and I understand because I'm guilty. I've been guilty of it too. Teaching a beginner sometimes it's the only way to re- relay that information. And mm-hmm. like in terms of where you want your hips to go and that backwards momentum of your hips. But you're really, if you don't correct that within the first week or two, you're really creating a bad habit. And driving exclusively through your heels is what causes the good morning squat. If you're pushing actively through your heels, not through your toe, it shoots your hips up and it drops your chest. Yep. Your big toe is crucial to the proper quad activation that is going to stand you up in a squat. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another point of that, you know, you get that good morning squat. What you can't, what you do now is because you're leaned forward, your hips have further to travel to lock out the squat. Mm-hmm. So even if you're able to recover, it's still not a maximum. Like there's still energy leak. That's not yeah. a. Uh, it's an not ideal. An it's not optimal in any shape, form, or fashion. So weight in the heels. Well, understand it at the very beginning, the first few days is just a shit cue yep. moving forward. I agree. And one thing that I had heard to kind of help with that is to, and it, different cues connect with different people, wording things differently connects with different people. What connected for me was grabbing the floor with my toes. So that connects you, for a lot of people. Yep. So just like thinking about just, if, if you just think about grabbing the floor and I'm doing it right now, I'm like grabbing yeah. the floor with my toes. You can really feel everything get tight and activated and it just, it hit it for me. Yeah. For me, I just have to physically think about driving through my forefoot. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, this this is going to bleed into the next one of the next things we're talking about, which is shin position, right? Mm-hmm. Me and you both being low bar squatters, we have a preference for a vertical shin. Mm-hmm. But if you put all your pressure in your heel on something that's already with a vertical shin, and it essentially means your hips are traveling further back than they would in a vertical in a in a forward shin position, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you're driving exclusively through your heels in that position, you're fucked. <laughs> like the weight's going over your head. Yep. Like if you don't have enough weight in your forefoot and your t- pinky toe and your big toe, you are not going to be able to execute that foot or that that squat properly. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, it's not going to happen. Um, so that does like segue into the next one, which is shit, uh, 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 vertical shin versus forward shin. Mm-hmm. And both of us have squatted different ways. And I, again, like much like some of the first cues we, we talked about, this is one for me that depends on the style of squat that I'm doing. Yep. Um, so for people that are talking about, we see some people that have a very backwards hip position that causes a very vertical shin. And then some people squat almost straight down that causes a knees over toes position. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me start by saying in this conversation that neither one are incorrect mm-hmm. depending on the person. Yep. Um, in my experience, me and Nathan both have massively strong backs and hamstrings and not, although he's probably stronger than me, not quite as much strength in our quads. Mm-hmm. So to recruit more posterior chain, hamstrings, butt, back, stuff like that, we prefer a very set back and a very vertical, uh, like, Backward traveling hips in a very vertical shin position because that's where we are physically the strongest mm-hmm. um, when executing a low bar squat. Yep. Now, now when you start doing variations, start doing high bar SSB squat, there's more reason to have forward knee travel and, and kind of sit straight down because you're really trying to hit your quads anyway. Yeah, you're that's- trying to oscillate your quads with those movements. And unless you're just in a, an outlier who's stronger high bar, and mm-hmm. I do have a couple, mm-hmm. um, you're probably going to benefit more from a vertical shin than a knees forward shin. Yep. That being said, I mean, I even go as far as I don't squat in Olympic weightlifting shoes unless I'm doing high bar SSB or front squats mm-hmm. because that helps facilitate that knees over toes yeah. position more. Uh, and those both of things are things I'm really, really comfortable with, uh, but I have really healthy knees. You've struggled with knee pain. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, uh, knees over toes position is not necessarily comfortable for you. Yeah. Um, and that's like very, again, that's very individual. And like I said, it's a squat by squat basis. An SSB squat, a front squat, a high bar and a low bar, not all inherently the same. Um, like I said, even to the point that I squat in flats for low bar and squat in heels for everything else. For everything else. Yeah. So, I mean, very, very, very individual. And uh, down, down to it so much that it's not even the same lift to lift yeah so That's true. you know a lot to think about on that one uh so typically uh bef- before you start your descent you do anything you want to have a big breath and brace absolutely so what the biggest problem with people is they think i just got to put a lot of air in my belly and they just push out their belly right uh you want a, a 360 all across so it's kind of I, I'm sure there's a good way. Do you have a good way to explain that? Yeah, this is going to sound nasty. People breathe into your balls. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Like, no, like, it's true. like a full, like, you want air in your back. You want it in your belly. You want it as far down as you possibly can. Um, so when I say, I don't necessarily want to make a belly, although when you're teaching how somebody else squatting a belt or deadlifting a belt first, sometimes the belly thing can help. Mm-hmm. Um but you want a very, very, very like 360 approach to it. So in my opinion, that breathing <laughs> to your balls, like it helps. Like yeah. I mean, it really, really does because it's also actively activating your pelvic floor muscles, which is what's going to keep you from getting the most hellacious hemorrhoids of your life. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> but, sure. um, but, you know, that's also, I heard Steffi Cohen about this, talk about this the other day. Your pelvic floor, if you think about your, your torso, your abdominal muscles and your back muscles as a can, like a literally like a 12 ounce can right um your pelvic floor is the bottom of the can they also it also happens to be the weakest part of your of your abdominal muscles Mm -hmm. uh, of your core muscles but you can't have energy leak anywhere we talked about i have an open 12 ounce can here squat university has a good example of this you can put your body me as a 300 pound man can put my body weight on top of a of, of a full unopened 
twelve ounce can of Coca Cola or beer or whatever the fuck you want it to be. As soon as the air is out of or the the liquid is out, the tops popped. That can instantly, even though it's the same amount of material, it's the same exact thing that it was before. That can instantly becomes weaker. Yep. So you want to be able to use and utilize as much of your core as humanly possible, not just because it keeps your core safe, but also because it makes you a stronger lifter. Yep. Um, some in, a common energy leaks with this, and this is something I do and I really hate. Me and Nathan have talked about it until we're both blue in the, <laughs> blue in the face, is when you tell people a big breath, they tend to be dramatic about it, and I tend to be, and you'll see them and almost shrug the bar up before yep. settling their breath in. I am really, really bad about that. That's actually an energy leak. Mm-hmm. Your core is not as tight as it could be. Um, if you just stood there, mm-hmm. embraced without the bar moving, yep. yeah, absolutely. And not to mention, it's it's fundamentally changing where that bar is sitting on your back. Yeah. Um, even if you don't, even if it's slot, there's no way that bar is in the same position, perfectly in the same position as it is when you run racked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot to go into that. Um, a thing that we don't talk about embracing en- en- enough, and again, this is a squat UQ, so I have to give them some credit. But when we breathe and brace, I hold my breath like I'm being dunked underwater. So, like, if that makes sense, like, I'm getting my breath at the top. I'm holding it all the way through the lift until I reach a point where my head would be coming above water if there was physically water there. Does that make sense? That so, makes like, sense, yeah. I'm essentially not breathing out until the second half of. Uh, the concentric portion of the lift. Yeah. That makes sense. No, I get you. Uh, I, I, I never really thought about it that way, but that makes a ton of sense. And I typically do that when I squat. So as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. It's like you're just, you're just like, literally yeah. like you're going to dip your head underwater. Yeah. Big breath. <laughs> get down there, look for whatever you're looking for. <laughs> come back, come up. back up. You can breathe out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's a really, really, that's a really visual way to look at that. But that's how I think about bracing through the lift. Because, you know, I have a lot of people that are like, I get told all the time, Man, you just don't breathe through your lift. You don't do this. You don't do that. You're not. You're not supposed to. I don't know what to tell you. Like you're not. You shouldn't be like while you're under a heavy fucking bench press. You shouldn't be actively yeah. <laughs> all the way down. Like you have to brace. Like you have to like you're be have, prepared for it. You're like, gonna have no tension. And if yeah, you're, you're gonna get, you're gonna get red face and it's gonna look uncomfortable. But you're talking about saving yourself from hernias, massive core injuries. Mm-hmm. Like you're also putting more weight on the bar because you're doing it more correctly. Like there's a technical proficiency to it. Uh, there's a safety proficiency to it. That's absolutely necessary. Like this goes, man, that's one of the, honestly, if you want to know a cue to get better at all three of your lifts instantly, yep. and even in overhead press and pull-ups and power cleans and snatches and anything you want to do, learn to breathe and brace correctly. Yeah. Because that, like <clears throat> you said, it's going to keep you safest. It's going to keep you tense. The whole time, yep. less likely to leak energy throughout yeah, and the body. Yeah, it's, it's actually regulating your breathing, too. Like, yeah. Listen, like when you have a set of – me and you have done squats and milk before. We know yeah. how painful a set of 20 on squats is. It's the most miserable goddamn thing on this planet. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. If you were just like randomly breathing all the way through that, your breath would never get regulated and you would never catch it. Yeah. Like if you wasn't squat yep. up, like if you wasn't intentionally having to regulate every breath you take – you would never make it because you would just run out of cardio. To yep. be honest with you, I mean, if you're you're. It goes beyond controlling your breath. If you're controlling your breath, you're controlling your heart. Yeah. So, you should consider bracing correctly. Practice <laughs> yeah. and and one good uh, juggernaut warm up that actually practiced that was the uh, I can't remember the name of it. You lie on your back. You have your the ninety ninety breathing ninety ninety breathing. Do that before you, every workout session. I always do it for every workout session. I'm a proponent. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it, and it's one of the one of the staples in every single warm up that I do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, another one that they have you warm up with is really common, and actually you can practice in this too, or the bird dogs and the yeah. bugs, um, because you can actively practice when you breathe and when you let it out. If that yeah. makes sense. So that's a good one. Uh, so another thing, uh, and this typically boils down to are you high bar or are you low bar but whether you have a completely upright torso or whether you have a slightly lean torso yeah i mean even i see high bar high bar squatters that have a slight lean mm-hmm. um that's the i feel like that the most direct effect on this is is height yeah um 
my shorter people, I think the one person that comes to mind is a tremendous squatter is Heather Calvert. Yep. She's four foot eleven or five foot, a pretty pretty small person. Um, built for squats, built very broad, built built very strong, um, but she's just simply better in a high bar squat. Very mm-hmm. very very upright torso, um, just like she's sitting here. She yeah. squats. Um, I feel like that's the body type that's most prevalent in. Uh, you'll see it in some and some better CrossFitters that are really really well versed in Olympic lifts and stuff like that, because an upright torso is necessary in catching a snatch or a clean yep. well. Um, but uh, and you almost you see it and you should see it in everybody when they front squat or SSB, right? Um, but uh, but like I said, that's very very that's very very individual. The biggest thing with that is uh, like you said, most of the time somebody that's really proficient at high bar is going to be pretty vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost everybody that's proficient in low bar, we have a pretty lean forward squat. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very uncommon. I don't. I don't know if I've ever even seen someone that does a low bar squat that has a like super vertical. Uh, you, you, I mean, you physically can't because the bar yeah. would roll off your back. Right. You know what I mean? It'd be that or you on got your... that or you got the world's strongest forearms. One. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know, but uh, uh, most vertical. I don't know most most vertical uh, low bar squat. Hell, I don't think there is one. I, yeah. mean, I really I can't even sit here and think of one. You know, it's one person that has a vertical torso and a low yeah. bar. Um, but again, high bar versus low bar argument. It just simply comes down to which one's more comfortable and which one are you stronger in. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say though, because coming from experience, I high bar squatted for the longest time, and as soon as I swapped to low bar. There was you a know, hit. There, like it, I, at first, I was like, "This feels weird. I don't know about it." And practiced it for maybe a month at most. And I was like, I'm already like 30 pounds better. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I would say that honestly, nine out of 10 people are going to be better low bar. Yeah. Uh, strength just, wise, it might not be more comfortable with strength wise. You do have, like I said, uh, I, I typically see it most in shorter ladies. Um, uh, you're going to have some exceptions to that rule. Yeah. I mean, Hell, I mean, somebody that's somebody's exactly the opposite of what I just mentioned. Ray Williams, yeah, the best squatters on this planet, um, is very much a high bar squatter. <laughs> but I will say this about him: despite him being a very tall and very broad man, he is built more like, in terms of the shape of his body, is built more like Heather, yeah, than he is like me or you. He's not a very lanky, even though he's very tall, very broad. He's not a very lanky looking person. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, he has very even limb distribution, and it makes sense for him to squat. That way, yeah, in the high bar. You know, squat. high bar position. I mean, he's a he's only it's an eleven hundred pound squatter, high bar. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't argue with the man. He's one of the greatest of all yeah. time. But um, but you know, he would be the exception to the rule. But by and large, I think we're all stronger. Yeah. John Hack squats high bar. By the this way, this is true. This and is true. he does. He's one of those anomalies where he is a little bit of a lean forward high bar squatter. Yeah, and he's also lanky. Yeah, he he is a little lanky. I think that's got to be a comfort thing for him. Yeah, uh, and no, by no means is his squat weak. So don't anybody take me take me wrong when I say this. But it is the least impressive of his three. Yeah, even though he's still a very elite squatter. It was still um, like last he, time I saw him it was like seven hundred. He don't he else. don't squat much more than he bench presses. You know, it's with, <laughs> yeah. it's with like, like one hundred and fifty pounds yeah. of each other. So yeah. so like it's pretty wild. He's also just a monster. Of he's a just a fucking monster. So. Um, so Really important. Uh, you, you you've got your setup, your feeder feeder setup. Everything's ready to go. See, so many people just dump their body down, and that is absolutely the worst thing you could do. CrossFit. <laughs> do not. No, no. I mean, I'm serious. Like, there's there's this idea that if you squat faster, you're somehow going to be stronger. Um, that well, the problem is what I see a lot out of like. I, I really do see it most coming out of a CrossFit gym. Somebody comes to me, and they're probably a high bar squatter if they're coming from a CrossFit gym because they act like that's God's gift to man. That's the only way to squat. Um, at least here locally, it's a it's a it's a it is a pandemic here locally. Um, I don't think there are really good cross. There's even one really good CrossFit coach here locally in Colton Terry, who I believe in mm-hmm. tremendously. But coaching is just not that fucking good around here. Um, in that sport, and I know that's not CrossFit in total. I know that that's a, a local issue, mm-hmm. but uh, <clears throat> the dive bombing of squats is just—it's not just, safe. It's no, well, it's not safe. No, and what, what you're sacrificing is that bracing thing that mm-hmm. we just had a big spill on. Uh, and not to mention, man, like you have to like physically loosen 
you're losing tension. You have to, if you want to squat like that, you can do it in a bodyweight squat and, and test this if you don't believe me. You have to physically loosen tension in your hips and stuff like that to just drop. Yeah. Like you can't necessarily be, you're not in complete control control of that. And that's another thing that, that combined with the weight in your heels bullshit that you hear perpetuates that good morning squat a whole lot. Yeah. You see a lot of chest drop, and I know because I live this. I was that squatter coming out of a CrossFit gym uh, learning how to do this. And what clicked with me is Jesse Rogers of the SPF told one of my lifters at one of my very first meets coaching, squat fast, fail fast. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like yeah. um, Nine times out of ten, if you're, watching, if you're watching CrossFit videos, people squatting high bar and stuff, um, it's like – Strength's there one minute is just and then it's just gone like yep. it's just wiped out like it. You just see them fell it instantly like there's no grinding it there's no. Well, that comes from that lack of tension and that setback and that and that descent. Um, I like a there's a military term I like a whole lot that you'll hear you'll hear uh, army guys, just military guys in general say, and my wife says this all the time. But slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah. If you fast is only as good as fast can be a tremendous benefit to all three of these lifts, but fast is only as good as you can control. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. Fast is only as good as you can control. Um, if you get really, really proficient and you're able to squat quickly um, under a lot of control, that is a that is a direct benefit. But the f- fact of the matter is. Very few people, especially beginner to intermediate, have the ability to control a squat enough for the fast part to actually benefit them. Right. That's all there is to it. I mean, like I said, you're losing tension, you're losing bracing. It's not a it's not a smart way to squat. Yeah. So <clears throat> make sure you're controlled on the way down. Don't don't don't. don't uh, another squat. another good example is so I know we're not talking about bench press today. Everybody's seen the ex football player that bench presses more claims to bench press more than everybody. Mm-hmm. You know the the guy that used to bench three fifteen in high school. Yeah. Everybody says that. <laughs> You've seen that bench press where they just drop it to their chest and bounce it off their chest and then their hips are in the air. Yep. It's the same fucking idea. Yeah. It's just as annoying to see somebody drop a squat like that as it is to drop a bench press. It's bullshit. Except <laughs> when you drop the squat, you're you're probably going to end up rounding your back, and you're going to. Uh, it's probably going to be uglier. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to. It's going to look worse. It's going to feel worse, and it's going to not be as strong. Smooth, like I said, slow is smooth, and smooth is fast. Yeah. If you want to get good at any of these lifts, learn to control the descent. I can give a personal experience. It was my second meet. It was the SPF Championship, and I was on my third squat. I wanted to get the most out of my wraps because this was the first wrapped meet I'd ever done. And I was like, I need to drop it down so I can get that rebound. Well, when I dropped down real fast to try and get that rebound, I stuck at the bottom because I had no tension. Yeah. I you prob- lost your rebound because of, <laughs> because I went too fast. Yeah. I, if, if I had gone slow, I, all the other, my first two squats, pretty slow on the way down, I, a little faster than normal to try and get some rebound out of the wraps, but still controlled it down popped it up all both of my first two lifts look great and then my second one or my third one didn't move because yeah. i didn't have any tension yeah and i'll tell you that that stretch reflex that we count on to take advantage of the wraps is hamstring tension mm-hmm. you're not building hamstring tension if you're just dropping it like it's hot exactly so you actually like like to his point you get less of that rebound effect if you're just going to drop as opposed to controlling it on the way down. Yep. A stretch reflex is a big part of being strong. And uh, you're negating that completely if you squat faster than you can control. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you, you don't have that energy buildup, that tension buildup. Yeah, absolutely. The slower you go, more likely you're going to build more tension. Yeah, absolutely. People don't, people don't think about this often enough, but some this is a mat winning thing. If you think about, if you start thinking about all your muscles as being springs, you can pull a spring pretty easy if you just, yep. But if you like, mm-hmm. slowly pull it, tension builds and tension builds and tension builds and tension builds, and then when it's time to let it go, it's violent. Yep. Like everybody can just break the spring and, and bring it pull back. it together and yep. bring it back, right? They can do that really quick. But if you're really, 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 really building tension, 
When it does snap back, it is way more powerful and way more violent. Um, so you should think about all your muscle groups, not just in a squat, but you think about all of them as being a spring. Mm-hmm. Like you want to build tension. And bodybuilding, we call it time under tension. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly beneficial to hypertrophic value. But when it comes to strength sports, it's incredibly beneficial to your ability to move heavy loads. The tension in the eccentric is very, very important to your ability to how fast you're going to move the concentric. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's something to think about. So next thing we got on here, uh, so you've controlled your descent. You're all the way at the bottom of your squat. You hit depth because if you don't hit depth, you have a problem. You need to fix that first. You a bitch. <laughs> 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 call some people out. I'm going to tag Austin. Hit depth. I wasn't. So, I wasn't. I, I, no, I will it. say. He said. It. I will say, though, his last squat that I did see looked way better. Dude, it was bad. It was good. It, I it was, was like good. impressed. So, yeah, actually, shout out Austin for actually. Austin's one of those that'll be there on meet day, people. And for some goddamn reason, it always is there. On yeah. It, <laughs> it's an anomaly. I it don't is an anomaly. It. Practice, <laughs> practice with a half squat and then goes, does full depth squat. I, get, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you hit your depth. What do you do from there? You one big cue I've always heard: push the floor away. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any. There's really not any arguing that. I mean, push the floor away works if we if you or or if you're attacking that cue we talked about in the beginning of using your whole foot. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna have a train wreck squat if you're pushing the floor away with only your heels. Yeah, you're probably gonna uh, go backwards. Well, well, no, we depending talked about that. Weight, well, but... depending on the weight, you could, but. Uh, more than likely, we talked about it. That's going to send everything up the back of your kinetic chain. And it's going to cause you to have that good morning squat. It's going to yeah. cause your hips to rise fast, faster than your chest. It's yeah. the most likely thing to happen. Now, if you're really off balance, it could make you fall backward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to get your hips under you quick enough, it could definitely cause that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's going to cause that good morning squat with people, mm-hmm. and that's and that's bullshit. But yeah, push the floor away is a great cue for all three lifts, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, I find it to be. I know we're talking about squat, but I actually find that cue to be most beneficial in deadlift because mm-hmm. all of powerlifting, all of the fitness community refers to deadlift as a pull, but it's actually a push. It is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a good cue for squat, too. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that one at all. So so you're pushing the floor away. Next thing I typically want to do is drive my back into the bar. So you're going to want to go yeah, up. Yeah, a- actively driving your back into the bar, but not even up. I'm almost thinking about driving back into the bar because... Yeah. As you're, y'all can do this with me, but if your head's forward, your chest drops. If you mm-hmm. actively sit here, even sitting here, and push your head back, where's your chest go? Yeah, it goes chest up. Chest goes up, right? So, like, I'm not even thinking about driving vertically up. I'm thinking about up and back because I want my yeah. chest to raise. And then you're also getting that quad recruitment because you're squatting with your whole foot, mm-hmm. not just with your heel. Uh, and that's going to keep you upright. Yep. The combination of those two things is, are great. Yeah. And then the last thing I have is uh, once you've done all three of those things, you're about maybe half to three quarters of the way up. You want to push your hips forward. Yeah, absolutely. And that's as simple for me, for a lot of people, I just say squeeze your butt. Yeah. I mean, that's you're you know, we're, we talked about it, but even I could stand up here and give you an example. If you're just standing, if you're in an athletic position, so that means soft nips, soft hips and soft knees, soft nips, soft nips, <laughs> soft hips and soft knees. <laughs> If you're standing with soft hips and soft knees and actively squeeze your butt from that position, it will shoot your hips forward and lock your knees and lock your butt or lock your hips. So, I mean, there's a lot of power in that. And all these things, that was our last one to talk about. Mm -hmm. So it should be said that as you go down these lists, if these are things that you want to put actively into your leg day, uh, into your squat day, you should work down this list a little at a time. You should not try to be implementing all these things at once because you'll not because not because you can't necessarily but because you'll drive yourself crazy thinking about every we, single we name 10 thing. or 20 things like you know you should really 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 start with foot placement bar placement and the full foot weight distribution yeah. is the three i would start with yeah you know if you're those, listening to this those are probably the most important right absolutely yeah the rest Time will teach you mm-hmm. or pain will teach you. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully time teaches you, you know, but, um, but, uh, you know, those three things I'd focus on more than any. Yeah, I agree. So we have just taught you how to squat, go squat. Yep. Do squats and milk. If you want to yeah, appreciate, do, do if you want to appreciate, if you want to appreciate your three sets of 10 to 12, 
Do squats and mountains. Well, I'll tell you this. If you want to, uh, if you just want to get better at a lot of the things we mentioned, squats and milk's a great way to do that because um, we mentioned the cardio element of, of 20 reps. That will teach you how to brace correctly because that, there will come a point in that time and in that in that program where if you're not braced correctly, it's the end of the program. Yep. Like you were, you know, you're gonna eat shit eventually on that program. So you get to constantly, especially when you get past about ten reps, probably really about the twelve or thirteen mark, you're gonna be actively having to brace hard every single rep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great way to practice this. Yeah. Um, and because it's so light, it's easy to practice too because you're you're starting with. Typically, if you're a newbie, they want you to start 90 pounds lighter than your five, five rep, rep max. max yeah. So, you know, that's... By the way, that's not doable for people with a lot of experience. Do correct. not start Do not start with that number if, if you're experienced. If, if you are experienced, you need to scale it a lot more than that. I would say about 50% of your one rep max. That's that's probably pretty yeah. accurate, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe even less depending on what you're... Yeah, I mean, I, could, I, mean, I have physically, you know, relatively recently started at about 40%. Yeah. So, so, but, but because it is pretty light, typically you always start pretty light. You can get your form pretty good throughout most of it and doing it for 20 reps reinforces it because you're doing yeah. 20 reps. Of the yeah, same. We, we've talked about it a lot on this. Um, at the end of the day, this is not much different than learning a position on the football field or learning a new instrument or something like that. The thing that's going to help you the most as a beginner is going to be repetition. Yep. Is practice. Practice. That means practice. practice with a program like Squats and Milk, or it could mean practice with an empty barbell. Mm-hmm. It could mean practice with a broomstick in your house. But uh, practice, 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 because it's skill development at the end of the day. Um, do we need hypertrophic things to build muscle and to make you better? Absolutely, we do. But nothing is going to carry you further than just being a better squatter. Mm-hmm. Technically proficient squatter. Right. So. Yeah. So. Is that all we, that all, I, I think that's it on it. I think that's it. Um, we did like I good. said, whether, whether it comes to us or anybody listening to fitness, I don't care how many letters they have after their name, everything you hear in fitness should be taken with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no, while there there appears to be a lot of dogma in, in fitness and there, and there is a lot of dogma in fitness, dogma really doesn't have its place in real practical coaching or real practical uh, programming or working out or anything like that. So, I would I would say avoid super dogmatic people. Mm-hmm. Um, be more open minded to a lot of things you hear, even if it's the opposite of some of the things we told you here. Um, and uh, although I will say that most of the cues we went over, most coaches worth their salt would probably not argue mm-hmm. uh, most of these things. But what I'm telling you is there's no uh, there's no one approach to any of it, and yeah. uh, and you should keep that in mind moving forward. I agree. So we covered the squat pretty well. Um, if you guys have anything you want to add, you can message us and be like, "Hey, you forgot this," and we'll we'll be like, "Yeah, hey, because yeah, I guarantee right. we forgot something." Yeah, um, and then you know enough people send it, we can potentially do a whole another episode on the squat. Um, but but next we're gonna do we're gonna do bench and deadlift uh, in the coming weeks. Um, so look forward to that deadlift. We're gonna save for last. I think it'll be the most interesting one to talk about because me and you. Practice deadlifts a lot. We're a lot better deadlifts, deadlifters. Than we are um, squatters or benchers, really. Um, so that'll that'll be uh, uh, we're much better deadlifts than we are squatters. So we'll we'll what for me personally, I have researched deadlifts a whole lot more than squats. Well, I've, I have such a love for squats, and I want to be good at squats so bad, and it's the worst to lift in my three that I, I feel like I know more. Like when it comes to cueing somebody in person, like with somebody, I'm kind of like the squat doctor. Like I right. can make anybody squat to depth and squat well. So like I feel good about my ability to coach a squat, I should say, even yeah. though I physically am a shit squatter. <laughs> you're, you're a squat doctor. Did you study at Squat University? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh there's that was a bad joke. That's a segue. <laughs> that was a segue, wasn't it? I oh, should have. Shoot. No, I study at them every day, to be honest with you. For real, That's though. Good shit. He, he is a good follow. He always posts really good stuff. Um, and I, nine times out of ten, if he posts something and I watch it, I'm like, damn, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he just he just knows what he's talking about. So 100%. give him a follow. Uh, last order of business is dad jokes. Yeah, dad jokes. I think Miss Pam sent me some good ones this oh, week. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's see what she got us. Uh, I got, I, I always go to dad says jokes. Well, not always. There were a couple that I didn't. But um, 
recently they posted some some bangers, so I'm going to start with, uh, I opened a restaurant called Peace and Quiet. Kids meals are only $150. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I wish more restaurants were like that. Uh, want to know the difference between black eyed peas and chickpeas? Sure. The black eyed peas can sing us a song, chickpeas can only hum us one. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. To just step all over this joke, for those of you who don't know that hummus is made out of chickpeas. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of, if they didn't know, I'd be like, who's going to scratch my head on that one? Uh, so, uh, I don't I don't know. Uh, I got a question. Uh, is butt cheeks one word, or should I spread them apart? <laughs> that was good. That was an old one, Bella. It is an old one. I hope it hasn't been on here before. Um, Sometimes when I'm at work, after I get done drinking my coffee, I will show my empty coffee coffee cup to the IT guy and say that I have successfully installed Java. He hates me. <laughs> I, I, I would also hate you if I was that IT guy. <laughs> That's about the only installation of Java that I'm capable of, too, to be fair. So. Uh, so I always keep my guitar in the car now uh, because it's really useful for traffic jams. <laughs> that um, was that was pretty 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 good. pretty whew. uh, uh <clears throat> wrote a song about a burrito the other day yeah yeah it's actually more of a rap <laughs> <laughs> do you know what color the wind is i don't blue <laughs> Nice. I feel like I stepped in that one. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it for today's episode. Again, five stars on Spotify. Five stars on Spotify. Give us download. We have donations if you want to donate money for if better five equipment. Want to buy some Taco Bell? Or Shoot, like I, if I if we ever get any donations, it's all gonna go to better equipment. Period. Which we already bought a new mic, so maybe it's just paying. Maybe us better back. liquor too. <laughs> let's try and get sponsored hey another one we need to actually do it we always talk about doing polls and we never do we talked about a, we know we've been doing shorter format shows and mm -hmm. stuff like that what if we did some not powerlifting shows where we just exclusively reviewed liquor you know that might be interesting that might be fun that just might like be a, just like an hour of just getting just shit canned <laughs> <laughs> well I don't do that but I will I will drink like a few drinks. I can commit to a few drinks. There we go. We can commit to a few drinks. We can commit to a few but drinks. But yeah, I was just kind of curious about, um, you know, summertime's coming up. We're all about to, you know, be beaching it and partying and stuff yeah. like that a little bit more. Um, I'm about to be out of powerlifting prep, so I'm going to be able to drink whiskey again. Mm. So I was kind of curious if maybe that's something you'd be into. Maybe just like a freeform show where we just get drunk and talk about life. I mean, if <laughs> I'm down. Uh, if everyone else wants to listen to it, I think, I think. They probably would, honestly. That'd probably get a lot of listens. <laughs> they they probably like, would. They're gonna get wasted. Let's listen to them. Get we could probably do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, but uh, we'll put a poll up on the on the Instagram page. See what people think. Yeah, we can do want. that. Um, do that and uh, maybe a Q and A. I think we've talked about that before. We'll, we can do like a like a a DM me thing. I can't I don't know what they're called on. Yeah, we can do something. Yeah. And just be like, send us questions and we'll answer your question. If we get enough of them, we can do a an episode. If we don't get enough of them, we might can do like a small I'd like segment. a Q&A episode. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I yeah. think I think we're we're due for one if we if we have the audience for it. Yeah. Or or not even the audience, just people sending us questions. Could be Yeah, I mean Hell, we're just doing this for five of you at this point anyway. So. <laughs> we'll have fun. The about five 10. of you send some. Oh, about ten of you send some questions in. Hey, if they're, if they're ten really good questions, we can make an episode out of it. We can, absolutely. Let's be honest. Yeah. Now, we probably make, you know, especially if there were some things, that some gray areas, some debate. Mm -hmm. Y'all come up with some philosophically philosophically strong questions for powerlifting. Yeah. Or for liquor. Or for liquor, <laughs> uh, yeah. Questions we can about probably, We could probably Q&A them. We can <laughs> yeah. probably talk about them for a little while, so. So, yeah, that wraps it up for today. Uh, it's always always fun, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Time to go coach a music lesson. Woo! Yep. <laughs> <laughs>